Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tommy on Sunday's Grace Aki. We are back for the first time this week with an episode of Today on Broadway. We had a ton of different episodes over the holiday weekend to entertain you. Uh, it started off first on Saturday with the latest episode of Jan Simpson's All the Drama. That was dropping only in the Patreon, so make sure you head over there to hear it before you can get it anywhere else. Then on Sunday, in lieu of a this week on Broadway, Jan and James talked about Jan's annual summer reading list, and there was an interview with author Jordan Schildkraut, who I've actually talked to uh, before, so, uh, so that was fun. Then on Monday, uh, yeah, on Monday, uh, Grace, you had an ep- uh, an episode where you had an interview with Neil Diastolfo. Yeah, Diastolfo. Yeah, I'm so excited for his work. Um, it's Mr. Miss America, and it's playing at the Rattlestick uh, Theater downtown. And um, you know, I love a one person show, and you know that mm-hmm. I love hearing about the process of that. So you'll have to listen to that um, extra special interview because I'm thrilled to see this show, and it's running. It just extended actually in August. So you're going to have to catch it while it's there. Yeah, that, that was actually something I was going to mention later in the show, but we can go ahead and mention it now. Um, <laughs> it is now extended until August 7th, which I don't remember if that was the date you guys talked about, because you talked to him yes. just late last week. So he might have already known that, but it was officially announced on Tuesday that it would be playing through August 7th. Um, so I can cross that off the script for the uh, later in the episode. <laughs> and then on Tuesday, on, or I'm, I'm sorry, on Monday, uh, my days are all confused. Uh Yeah, on Tuesday's episode. See, I don't know what I'm talking about. But there's an episode of Some Like It Pop in the podcast feed in which Jennifer McHugh and I discuss our favorite pieces of pop culture from the first half of 2022. So we might not have had an episode of Today on Broadway, but we did have plenty of episodes from Broadway Radio. And of course, you can get all of those in Patreon before you get them anywhere else. Head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Unfortunately, Grace, we do have to start our episode today with some sad news as it was reported and then confirmed by his son, uh, Simon, uh, that legendary British innovative theater director Peter Brook passed away on July 2nd at the age of 97. He was known primarily for his work with Royal Shakespeare Company, where he was the artistic director for many, many years. But he did have 10 different Broadway credits beginning in 1958 and uh, 1953, I'm sorry, and running all the way until 1984. He is the winner of two competitive Tony Awards for Best Direction of a Play uh, for uh, Murat Saad um, and 1966, and then in 1971 for A Midsummer Night's Dream, and then has a special Tony Award for uh, La Tragedia de Carmen in 1984. He also helmed a number of incredibly influential films, including the film adaptation of uh, Lord of the Flies, Ride of the, uh, Ride of the Valkyrie, a number of um, Shakespeare plays as well. King Lear, he did a TV version of Hamlet. And most recently, he uh, directed um, a film called uh, The Tightrope, which is a documentary that he worked on with his son, Simon. There was a ton of social media outpouring from actors and other theater creatives that have worked with him throughout their career, calling him potentially the greatest director in the history of theater. And um, certainly a lot of folks who 
got to see more of his work in London have a better appreciation of his career than perhaps some of us here that are state-based, um, but certainly somebody whose influence had reverberations across the entire theatrical community and something that over the weekend was echoed by many, many people in the theatrical community. All right, so let's move on to some other news, and let's start with something that was reported by The Hollywood Reporter on Tuesday, and that is that coming up in honor of the 30th anniversary of the original animated film, Beauty and the Beast is giving the live TV special treatment. This is not like an NBC live musical. Instead, this is going to be one of those ABC hybrid live action animated specials in which they they will show some of the animated film as well as performances by stars singing a lot of the songs. John M. Chu is on board to executive produce the project and Hamish Hamilton will be the director. Hamilton also has directed numerous uh, Emmys and Grammys productions as well as Super Super Bowl halftime shows and did the Little Mermaid live uh, a couple of years ago, as well as a number of those Disney sing-along things that they did mm. in the early parts of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. This will come to ABC on December 15th, and then will air on December uh, 16th on Disney+. Plus. Um, Grace, if we are getting people from the world of theater slash popular culture to perform songs from uh, Beauty and the Beast on a live TV special, do you have any picks on who you would like to see doing any particular songs? Um, I think that we are going to have like Anna, Annalise Vanderpool and um, Susan Egan, like the Broadway or the, you know, the you Disney think? Princess Party. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Ben Rahala must be called, must be involved already. Um, I don't know though, beyond that, um, the Beast, uh, wow, that's a real toss up. Couldn't tell you. Joshua Henry, perhaps, um, could, could really give you some of that. But, um, I feel like this is going to be a great plug for John's casting for, uh, Wicked in, in some capacity. I don't see how that's oh. not going to happen. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel you like it'll we be get a-, a Cynthia and Ariana uh, appearance Maybe, or like, like some of yeah. the other people, like some of like the Fiero and Bach. And yeah, that's where I'm thinking. Horrible. Maybe okay. like Bach as Lumiere or something like that, like where we're like seeding it. Um, you know, who's to say? But uh, Prince Adam, will he make an appearance? You know, he's just in the last 10 minutes of the film, but my God, is he snatched? So I'm not sure, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I am really, really excited about this because um, I, I love the idea that people are going to relive. I mean, this was the first big Broadway Disney musical that like mm-hmm. had everyone going, oh my God, we can do this. It can happen. And um, it's just really special to a lot of people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious though. I mean, Susan yeah. Egan, like that's part of her legacy. She must be involved. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to be clear again, this is like not a full production. So if you've seen like the Little Mermaid one that they did, and I feel like they might have done another one. Did they, did they do another one? I don't remember. Um, but it's, you know, they come out and do performances uh, of different people. I would love to see Audra involved since she was in the movie. Let her uh. sing the title song, uh, which she didn't get to sing in the original or in the live action uh, remake, but uh, let oh, her be I, involved. In, yeah, you, you prompted something just now with that. Okay, go can, for it. Can Al Silber come as a reenactment of <laughs> Taylor's uh, last time? Could she do her Angela Lansbury bit like as a part of the production? It. I'm not sure, but, Al, but let's yeah. go. I'll text her after we're done and see if she uh, see if she's up for it. But yeah, that would be great. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We don't know if we're getting an NBC live holiday musical like they've done in some years. Um, we had Annie, was Annie just last year? I don't even remember at this point. It was. was Annie twenty twenty one? The holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we don't know if we're getting another one, but we do know that we're going to have some sort of musical theater adjacent per- uh, performance. 
Also, weren't we supposed to have Bye Bye Birdie? Like, wasn't that supposed to be Jennifer Lopez thing? (gasps) Yeah, that was that was canceled like during the pandemic and. Yeah, well, that's, forget, that was forget what I said. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on. Um, speaking of legends like Jennifer Lopez, uh, yesterday the entire slate of 2022 inductees to the Theater Hall of Fame were announced, and they are a who's who of theatrical luminaries. The list includes playwrights Lynn Nottage and Susan Laurie Parks, actors Christine Eversall, Bill Irwin, and Mandy Patinkin, director Frank Galati, sound pioneer Abe Jacob, and posthumously the playwright behind uh, For Colored Girls, Intazaki Shange. The 51st Annual Theater Hall of Fame for Lifetime Achievement in the American Theater Induction Ceremony will be held at the Gershwin Theater on November 14th of this year. Um, lots of, I mean, that's a, a, a stacked list. I have a feeling that Mandy Patinkin and Christine Eversall don't have a lot to talk about, um, beyond, you know, theater, because I feel like they have probably very disparate, uh, worldviews. So that could be interesting in the green room, but otherwise a really, really phenomenal, interesting group of talent in that, uh, in that slate of inductees. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this was missed right before the end of the, the week. It happened like after we recorded today on Broadway. And so we haven't had an episode since then. But I did want to point out that there was a new bill signed into law in the state of New York. Uh, Governor Kathy Hochul signed it late last week. And the the new law is designed to increase transparency for consumers purchasing tickets to live events, including theater that bans hidden fees and expands penalties for the use of scalper bots and and ticket purchasing software. The legislation also, and this is what I love, outlaws the sale of free tickets and uh, prohibits delivery fees on tickets that are delivered electronically or printed at home. No, I don't need to pay three to five dollars for to print my own ticket. Thank you very much, Telecharge and Ticketmaster, and all of you crazy people trying to add stuff on there. Um, this is referred to as the state's t- uh, ticketing law, and it expands on a previous law from 2020 2021. Um, there's more details in the show notes in there, but with so much of, especially New York City's, uh, finances and tourism coming from live events, whether that is, uh, theater, sports, concerts, whatever, it seems like it's, it's a little even perhaps overdue to kind of get a lot of this craziness, um, under control because the fees are just exorbitant as somebody who purchases tickets from out of town and doesn't have an opportunity to buy them at the box office all that often, often I can tell you it is pretty insane. Yeah. I've had a really hard time recently, like with, I mean, ticketing in general is just like nuts, but I've had so many friends talk about like the deterrence of wanting to see shows and see live theater and music and all those things because of the ticketing fees. And I know that, um, even Hassan Minhaj like did a special on it. Um, he talked about it. I mean, oh, I actually don't think it's out yet, but I saw, I saw him recently, um, at like, uh, MSG or, or Radio City rather. He was talking about like Ticketmaster, who also was part of, his show like they literally you could only get tickets through Ticketmaster and he was saying like F Ticketmaster and all this stuff um, and Good explaining why yeah but it was like all this like history behind like why it's it's gone up and all these things and I was just like that is wild that I mean at this point it is a deterrent for people that want to go enjoy um, performance and I'm I'm hoping that there's something that can be done because I agree with you it's kind of egregious as somebody who's out of town just there's no need to charge more than the actual ticket price like that's that should be baked into 
the cost. Like if, if you need to charge me more to cover those things, that's fine. But show me what the ticket price is so I don't get surprised by all these fees uh, at the end. But um, moving on to um, some show and casting news on Tuesday, the National Theatre over in London announced two new productions for its upcoming winter slate. The first will be William Shakespeare's Othello and then a new play called Carrie Jackson by April DeAngelis. Uh, they both go on sale on the 21st of July. Of note, Othello will star Hamilton Olivier winner Giles Torreira as the title character, Rosie McEwen as Desdemona, and I believe Olivier winner Paul Hilton uh, as Iago. That will begin performances in November. And then uh, Carrie Jackson will begin uh, later on in the season um, as well. Faye Ripley will play the title character in that one. Um, and then... This is kind of a random thing that I found retweeted into my timeline, Grace. But coming from the Financial Times of London, uh, in an interview with um, uh, music executive... And hold on, it's taking forever for me to get this name right. Amanda Ghost. Um, so in an uh, interview with music executive Amanda Ghost, she's talking about her career and lots of other things, but also mentioned that since she is... Um, producing the Florence Welch-penned adaptation of The Great Gatsby, she mm. notes that it is being planned to come to New York in 2024. Do I not know that. if that means if that means Broadway, if that means off-Broadway. It's in New if that York. Means- I don't think that it's going to be on Broadway at all. I think it's going to be an immersive, crazy experience. That's what I was going to ask. Like, is it like a concert type thing, yeah, or what no. is it? I think it's going. To, I think that they're absolutely going to maximize the most, like sleep no more, and they're going to do like a two hundred fifty dollars plus ticket where you get a cocktail or a themed drink, and you have to walk through this immersive exhibit, and then you have to like be a part of the performance in some way, and then you're watching the like. I, I think this is going to be not in the realm of traditional theater where you sit down and watch a show. I really don't. I think that they're going to milk it up like. The, 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 you know, you know, have you ever heard of the uh, 20s jazz lawn party? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not know. Oh my God. Okay. This is actually a dream of mine is to go. It's twice a year, maybe once a year. Um, and I think it's, uh, maybe in Coney Island or something. I don't even know where it is, but it's in New York adjacent and everyone, the tickets are like around $200 or something. And then you dress up head to toe as much as you want or as little as you want. Um, for in, in total, like, um, Great Gatsby theme speakeasy attire for like this jazz age lawn party. And then you get like a basket and you get like rose and then you guys all enjoy the same music. And then there's like a dance off and all these things i think that that's what they're going to build into this experience i think they're going to have it be a whole thing i do not think that it's going to be a, a theatrical show the same way interesting all well, right we I mean, that's, the, that's what the great gatsby like that's what people understand at this point of if they're not like you know addicted to f scott fitzgerald's book you know what i mean like they think of it as being a big party um and not like you know the green light at west egg or whatever the, <laughs> like, the so, eyes of doctor whatever his name was yeah, yeah. yeah. myrtle i'm gonna dress as myrtle and nobody hit Isla, me with their car please no no isla fisher i think was myrtle right wasn't isla yeah. fisher myrtle yeah, yeah good for her um all right, so let's move on to some real quick feel-good recommendations. And the second one is a uh, 
kind of a trivia question that I want to throw out to you. But first, somebody named Elton John has released a clip of him singing a song, yeah. a part of his a song that he wrote for the upcoming Devil Wears Prada musical called Dress Your Way Up. He, of course, is writing the music for the show and uh, Shana Taub is writing the lyrics. The show will begin performances later this month, two weeks from Tuesday, this past Tuesday, yesterday or today, depending on when you're listening to this, on July 19th at the Nederlander Theater in Chicago. Chicago. Uh, Grace, did you listen to good old Sir Elton singing the song? I did. I did. I think I sent you the tweet, actually. I don't know if did I wrote. Yeah, I think I sent it to you on Friday. Maybe maybe I didn't, but I thought I did. Uh, okay. But I because I found it late at night. It just was scrolling through my Twitter feed and they released like a music video clip of him singing in the studio the song. So that's how I heard it. And then it was like a Twitter poll asking who, which character you think sings it. And I was like, absolutely. Um, I think his name is Niles. Like it's um, oh, uh, Javier's role. I'm 90% sure that's who sings it in oh, the show. Javi it's it's uh, yeah. um, the, the Italian guy, um, the guy who goes to Italy. The, um, Stanley, Stanley Tucci? Tucci. The Stanley guy Tucci's that goes part. to Italy. <laughs> yeah, I can think of his name. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that, yeah. That's the I'm character, pretty right? sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I was like, oh, I wonder if it's him because I'm, I'm just assuming that it is. Um, so yeah, that's I got to hear it the other day for sure. All right, so looking forward to hearing everything about that show out of Chicago. Of course, uh, love both of the stars, love Elton, love Shana, so we will see what happens there. Uh, and finally, it was reported by Variety last week that after the grosses were announced that the current Broadway revival of Plaza Suite has become the third highest grossing play revival in Broadway history, already eclipsing $26.4 million in tickets. It's probably gone up since that reporting. That puts it third all-time do you know, you might have seen this uh, article last week, do you know what two shows are ahead of it and what all three of these shows have in common? Are they all Neil Simon? They are not all Neil Simon, but you're... Uh, do they all on, have uh, Nathan Lane involved? Right pa- Am well, I on the right it, track? Is, I mean, you're on the right track, but Nathan Lane is not involved in Plaza Suite. In many ways he is. He and Matthew Broderick share a, uh, a, a cell. Uh, uh, <laughs> You're close. You're close. Matthew Broad? Matthew Broderick? Matthew Broderick was in all three of them. (gasps) Uh, Sylvia? No. (laughs) Uh, The the top one is the 2014 revival of It's Only a Play, which was um, uh, brought in $34.3 million. And then... Yeah, the second ranked ones, which very well might be eclipsed, will almost certainly be... Well... We'll see. It'll be close to being eclipsed um, by Plaza Suite is the 2005 revival of The Odd Couple featuring Broderick and Lane. And then, of course, um, it's only a play. And you'd have to imagine that it's only a play possibly could have gotten closer to that number one spot had it not had to postpone a number of shows for COVID uh, here recently. So we will see. But uh, Matty Broads is definitely doing very well for uh, producers when it comes to reviving shows that people otherwise likely would not want to see. Yeah, but also isn't Odd Couple Neil Simon as well? So two of them are Neil Simon? Two of the three. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty kind of substantial, especially for two plays that like aren't even... I mean, The Odd Couple is obviously much more produced, right? Of course. Um, yes. I'm literally sitting and recording this directly in front of my favorite play of all time, Barefoot in the Park poster behind me. So, like, it's go. kind Another of nuts, Simon, that, yeah. which needs to happen. I'm ready. Anyways, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. 
All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Wednesday. It's already Wednesday, which is awesome. Oh. And we will be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>